content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. It really matters. And uh, we've said this before, what else also matters is relationship. And we are so blessed, and I'm totally fanning out, um, to have Jackie Marushka um, with us today. We are still in Nashville, having some fun recording um, podcasts, episodes. And so, Jackie, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Welcome to Nashville. <laughs> Thank you. That's so much fun. It is. It's a fun place to be. And so we know that you do public relations. That's right. I do public relations and I've modified it a little bit to kind of grow with what I've learned that people can use, be it an artist or an author or a business or a CEO. It is how do you break through the clutter? How do you Mm -hmm. break through with your messaging? So I've kind of uh, publicity is an element of public relations. Mm -hmm. So public relations has crisis management or, you know, how to have, how to launch a product or a band or something Mm -hmm. like that. But the branding is more about what are your differentiators? What makes you Mm -hmm. special? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, it's not unlikely that the first question I get when I sit down with a new artist is, well, well, can you get me on Fallon? Yeah. Okay. But there are steps. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> let's let's put a timeline together and create that plan of progress together. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was I was telling you before we started. You know, my notes here are: I am woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> 2016, first and only Hispanic Latina. Yes. Women-owned PR company, very beautiful, obviously a behaviorist, <laughs> founding board member of Small World Yoga. And I, I think that you're a behaviorist because of what you do in publicity, but also because of your yoga passion, mm. because that takes a lot of drive and a lot of stamina and a lot of strength. And I think that you're a behaviorist because you observe people, you make predictions, and then you reinforce their behavior when they do things. You know, and that's just really, I mean, I would think that's so much of your job is just like you were talking about earlier, what was your mission statement for the company you used to work for? Well, it's a personal mission statement, and a woman came in on oh. behalf of Sony, and she said, gotcha. okay, we're going to help you, you know, develop develop who you are. It's like a personal development sort of nugget mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. They, they brought in for leadership. And mine was to help people be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a kid and I'm helping them with, you know, how to breathe to remove stress. And there are a lot mm-hmm. of kids that, that go through this. Um, yes. I started a yoga, a little yoga program with Youth Connections, which is a division of Monroe Harding, which helps a lot of kids transitioning in and out of foster care. Oh my gosh. And there's so much stress and a lot of just people in general, any walk of life, you're breathing, your breathing gets shallow. You And that's when your body starts going into fight or flight. And once these amazing kids learn to breathe, they can stop and think and give themselves space to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, And that's very behavioral. Very (laughs) behavioral. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we talk about smelling the flowers, blowing out the candles. I was stressed yesterday leaving my animals, you know. And my dog sitter texted me and said, 
smell the flowers, mm. blow out the candles. But, <laughs> you know, in addition to being the first and only Hispanic Latina woman-owned PR company, before that, uh, you were the general manager for another company in Nashville office. Yeah. And I believe that time... Bruce Springsteen was? Yeah, it's Shorefire Media, and they're based in Brooklyn. And how I met the owner of that company was I was um, moderating a a panel for the Americana Music Association. Uh I've worked with them, and I sit on their board. And to me, it's just such authentic and roots-driven music, and it's Mm -hmm. so creative. And um, I just I love it, so I I ended up on the board. She, uh, after the panel, she says, why don't I know you? And I said, well— Long story short, if you ever think about opening an office in Nashville, I'd like to be top of mind. And three months later, I'm sitting at my kitchen table at the Nashville office of Shorefire Media. So we grew that to over 15 artists, four staffers. And then it was just kind of time for me to to do the next thing. And I left not having a parachute. And then like (laughs) three weeks later, I I came up with business cards and... (laughs) I didn't have any clients or anything, but um, I was on Twitter, and I'd sat a couple years earlier. I'd sat on the way back from the Grammys with a gentleman named Charles Esten, and he and his wife, adorable, talented, graceful, gracious people. Mm-hmm. He sent me a direct message on Twitter, and he said, you know, me and Patty want to talk to you about publicity. And I said, well, I'm not with Surefire anymore. And he goes, I don't care. So I mm. called them up, and— He's one of my first clients. So. Yeah. And I read cool. somewhere cool. that, you know, having been in this business for a while, you learned that schedules change, people cancel, timelines change, and just kind of the craziness of the business that balance and giving back were the yeah. most important things to you. And I can tell just by looking at you, I wish y'all could see her because she's just very beautiful <laughs> and balanced. You're so sweet. And, you know, it's clear that you give back. You know, I was thinking, I mean, I've got a list of all of the people and places and, and companies that you represent, and just to, to name a few, Lifetime, Netflix, The New Yorker, People, Sirius XM, The Times, Jimmy Fallon, U.S. Weekly, The Voice, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, those are all—I'm very fortunate to have the been doctors. able to work with the folks that produce those shows, yeah. our, our editors there, and every artist, every person has a story. Mm-hmm. And really, it's so—it's it's a, a privilege to get to share that story. In the appropriate time, and I think God opens those doors for the mm-hmm. right times mm-hmm. so that someone else's heart may be open to hearing it, and then you just impart wisdom. Happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to observe and just take that in yeah. and, and and anticipate those nuggets. You're so accomplished in a short time. You, I think I read somewhere that you're 30 years in the business. And it was funny because when I was reading your list of clients, I was thinking, well, I thought they were all going to be celebrities. I didn't think that they would be. I didn't know that they would be like the American Music Association would be your client. Um, other groups, too. There's so many things. Like, I love this, and I kind of mentioned it in the intro, the term Latina instead of mm-hmm. Latino. Would you talk a little bit about that? Well, I was talking to my mom, and I said, Mom, I got a call from a lady named Jessie Garcia Knowles. And she said, hey, so I was recommended to you. She said, I'm I'm looking for a press release. And so I told her my rate, and it was turnkey. And I said, well, now what do you guys do? And she's the exec director for the Tennessee Latin American Chamber of Commerce. And I thought, huh, Mm -hmm. well, tell me your story. Mm -hmm. And so we, we talked a little bit, and I said, how about this? Because you guys have to—you'll have to pay me for me to do the work. But what if I sat on your board (laughs) and became immersed in what you do 
and then I could just kind of help you out and we could figure out, you know, I want to give back. Sure. I want to be that person that I was looking for when I was a kid. And I had the greatest role models. My, my parents are just hardworking. My mother, she, I, I don't know that I ever saw her not work two or three jobs or two jobs or one job while working the weekends while getting one of three master's degrees that she has. While and, being a mom. And she, while being a mom, and she would pack us all up. She was up at five in the morning and I'd hear, <laughs> I'd hear the little squeaky knobs turn the water on and Aww. the squeaky knobs turn the water off. <laughs> I'd hear her little Conair hair dryer going and then I'd hear that thick deadbolt, the door open up and her start the car to warm it up. So we would be warm when we got up and she would take us to school. So my mom is an elementary ed teacher and grew, hustled, just went to school. She got scholarships. She got, if there was a way that within her job through the school system, she could get a certain training, Mm -hmm. she went for it. Mm -hmm. And I watched all that and I got to see that's what that looks like. So it wasn't, it was normal. I thought everybody works three uh-huh. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And warms the car for their kids. And, and, and yeah, and she's, she, you know, things that were important to her were leave the world better than you found it. Be clean, she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my mom. Elbows, ears, and fingernails. <laughs> she said to make sure. It's <laughs> very true. Some people, some people uh, their mothers say, well, Make sure you have clean underwear, but my mom, <laughs> these are the things that she's just adamant about. Of course, clean underwear, too. That's good. I give it. But she, and, and homework. My mom said, if you, you know, you never have to worry about going without, if you can scrub toilets and write. It's a really good point. So the education is, that that's a big differentiator. Also, is if you have, and then, you know, so that is heavy on my heart. There are people who don't have access to that. Yeah, yeah. And that that breaks my heart because that makes all the difference. Sure. So I I knew how important it was. Sure. And like my mom, it was important for me to take advantage of if there was an opportunity that that arose at work, I'd raise my hand and say, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Well, you're working for free, I would hear people say, you know, you know what? I'm learning. Mm-hmm. That's a free education. I'm getting yeah. a PhD in publicity. I'm getting a PhD in how yeah. you know a master's in business works. And I didn't. Yeah. I'm not having to pay for that. But yeah. I'm learning from smart. the best people. It's very so, smart. Thank you for sharing that. And so coming back to that term, and I'm not. Will you say it Latine. for me? Latine versus Latino. And what I read is that you did that. You used that term and that terminology to recognize the fluidity of gender. Mm -hmm. We have to begin to really delve into neurodiversity and neurodivergent people who experience gender identity Mm. issues. And I just wrote, bravo. (laughs) Everyone is important. Everyone is valuable. Everyone has a story and deserves dignity, respect, and, Mm -hmm. and to be heard and seen. Yeah. And that is that is so important to me. And that's every morning I jump out of bed and, and I'm thankful for just everything. Mm-hmm. I got these two little dogs. I've got <laughs> a home. I've got a refrigerator that's mm-hmm. full. Mm-hmm. 
unless I forget to go shopping. <laughs> but that is more than so many people have, oh and I gosh, don't take yeah. that for granted. Right? Yeah, and, and I, I absolutely love your company and you and your philosophy about being committed to the inclusion of all people, you know, and we interviewed a parent right before you, and we were talking about that, that everybody, you know, I don't care if you're a homeless person on the side of the road or president of a university or anything in between, everyone deserves that respect and dignity yeah. and love and patience and kindness. And it's nice for me to see it in the art world, you know, so, so much more inclusive, I think, than, you know, some education systems, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, yes, when you would think in education, we would be, we would easily be. But, um, yeah, I do think, I, I do think artists are a different breed, not really, but you know what I mean? Like, they see the world differently, mm-hmm. so maybe it's a little easier to shape their thinking and see that maybe this person sees the world differently. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, that's what makes it beautiful because what you don't understand if you quiet a little bit and you listen, mm-hmm. you'll learn so much, and it may just change your next steps. Exactly. And, yeah, we find that all the time. Working with kids with special needs is quiet and observe. Yeah. They will teach you. They will teach you what you need to know. <laughs> we were talking earlier about the kids and the yoga and the meditation mm-hmm, and the breathing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Artists, they finish a project. They want to get it out there. And so to get them to sort of step back a minute and go, well, let's look at it as if this is your baby. What's best for that kid is putting it out right now going to give them, give it the best opportunity for visibility and to be heard. Right. So really, really bring it to life and treat it like like it's something that is alive because it will bring life to someone else. That's amazing. That's what music does. I believe— and correct me if I'm wrong, but when music uh, with words, when that's playing, your brain fully engages. Mm-hmm. Whereas with just auditory mm-hmm. or just reading print, mm-hmm. very much, so. it doesn't all connect. But with music, it, your entire mind is engaged. Yeah, I, we were there, talking about that last night, right? Yeah, and then there, there are things that we don't have to learn as a reinforcer. Food, we don't have to learn food as a reinforcer. We don't really have to learn, you know that. Having your mother hold you is reinforcing. Or having warmth. And, yeah, yeah, having warmth, yeah. And music, there are definitely people who say music is something you don't have to learn as a reinforcer. Mm-hmm. Now, you do have to learn that words are important. <laughs> but then if you pair those words with music, it, it, it's going to activate different parts of your Absolutely. brain and, mm-hmm. and pull it in. And certainly, um, I guess I'm sure all three of us could attest to there is a song somewhere in our life that went straight to the core and changed something about the way we're Absolutely. The lyrics to me are really important. That's what I, for me, I focus more on the lyrics than the music. But another thing I wanted you to talk a little bit about is that you curated and hosted the first ever Latina panel at the American Music Awards Music Festival and Conference, first time in the 20-plus year history of the organization that Spanish language music and culture was the focal point. Talk about that. That was a blessing because I'm part of getting to be on the board of the Americana Music Association. They've always, one of the things I appreciate about them and about the executive director, Jed Healy, it has always been about including. Mm-hmm. 
they brought Flaco Jimenez in. Mm. They brought in a woman named Buffy St. Marie. And I'm not going to tell you anything about these folks because they're very Googleable and they're very... Um, they are very important characters in okay. the history of music. There's a company called Olivia Records, which was the very first women-founded record company. And and I'll, I'll just, I'll let people dig on that. But to curate things that will teach other people the history of the music business and what these pioneers did was just amazing to me. So... The Americana Music Association started a diversity, inclusion, and inclusion committee. It was called diversity, but really without inclusion, diversity doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, so we, we, it's a small group, and we, with the association, put on panels. One was Americana, the black experience. One was Americana, the LGBTQIA plus experience. And one was Americana, the Latina experience. And what we did was it, it it's I, I was able to curate and host that. So we brought in um, the amazing Felix Contreras from NPR. He mm. does all Latino. He moderated for us. Mm. And Raul Malo, who is um, the lead singer and founder of the Mavericks. Mm. And do you, are you all familiar? Mm-hmm. And then Phoebe Hunt, who is a bluegrass artist whose mother is Puerto Rican. Mm. And then Tish Hinojosa. Mm-hmm. And, and she's incredible one of the most wonderful souls i think i've met in so long and the discussion was about how you know how did you get from from your dreams to your current reality and what can we help you do better how can we help you connect the dots and and i think it's uncomfortable to uncover some things you're not you're not doing well or haven't done well yeah. But without uncovering those things and asking the hard questions, how are you going to learn? How are you going to make changes? And how are you going to make the world better? All right. Um, and that was important to us to do that. And I was incredibly honored to get to do, to, to curate that panel. So oh, yeah. we'll be doing so it again next, this year, I believe. So you were talking about your mom earlier. You have a scholarship in her name? I do. <laughs> so... Um, I graduated from Española Valley High School. Okay. It is in northern New Mexico, and it's it's a 4A school, which, you know, they've got enough students, but that's where my mom was a vice principal. Oh. And there's not enough teachers or social workers, and that's what the scholarship was there for. So it's in my mom's name because my mom is a career teacher. Not only is she a career teacher, but she's the woman that would bring snacks to keep in her drawers. She would be the one that would make sure that, you know, everybody had little Palito Trujillo over there. I made that up. There's not a, a specific person named that, but it's... that that he was doing his homework, that he understood. So my mom's process is, okay, don't just tell me the answer. Show me how you did it. Yeah. And if they can't do that, she'll sit with them until mm-hmm. they understand it. Because not only. Is it the the idea of understanding so then you can apply that skill set to other sure, things? Sure, But it's the confidence in that, oh, my gosh, I really know this. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's very cool. I love that. Well, I, I, I don't know if we're backtracking, but I think about the yoga pieces and so much of what you're saying is behavioral to me. You know, it we're is. talking about a client and saying it's you, you got to know what 
you want to change and you got to be willing to think about the things that you want to change. So like from a personal perspective, if you think about a yoga pose that was really hard for you, And and how you got yourself there. Oh, my goodness. I think this is something anybody can do. But if you look up tree pose. I know that pose, yeah. And and sure, it's easy. You can do a tree pose kickstand, which is you put the inside, the sole of your foot inside your left, your, your shin of the opposite leg. Easy to do, right? Not for me. Well, (laughs) I have no balance, but okay. Well, and so you have the kickstand, so Mm -hmm. you can put your toes on the ground and just you center yourself, Mm -hmm. you own it, you breathe. You can take your arms up, you can take your arms out, but then close your eyes. Mm -hmm. That messed me up because to have a focal point was so important to me. Mm -hmm. To have a focal point, to keep my eyes on so that I could have that center when I close my eyes, I'm still the same person. I'm still standing on the same ground. I'm still in the same room. Nothing's changed. No wind. Right. <laughs> so that that taught me a lot about having confidence in myself that I can hold this pose. And I do it all the time. Different feet, different times of day. But just standing, rooting, and knowing that I've got this. And do you close your eyes? I do. Wow. So you shaped your behavior. And from a behavioral standpoint, we talk about shaping is, is a very important thing. If you're trying to teach a child anything, you can shape their behavior to get it to it. So you, yeah. that's what you did. You shaped but, your behavior. But also forgiving yourself and having grace with yourself mm. is, oh. I think, is equal, equally important because for me, I would beat myself up. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of perfectionism out there. And I thought, you know what? So I fall. So what? <laughs> yeah. So what? I stand back up and I get in the post Exactly. Again. And that's what matters. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, after, during COVID, I think for Sissy and I both, we did some online training and things like that. And I feel like if I said it once, I said it a hundred times, was the word grace. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if you remember this, the movie Grease, but the grace is, grace is the word. Grace is the word. Yes. I used to tell people grace is the word. And I thought it was just going to be 2020, but it's actually... It was 2020 and 21, and a little bit now, 22. Yeah, we're still looking for the grace. <laughs> giving, and, and giving yourself grace, you know, giving the kids grace, giving the parents grace, and giving yourself grace as a teacher. We're going to mess up. This is a horrible, unprecedented time. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to navigate it. So it's okay, you know, to mess up. And Yes. And I wish that was something that I, I did for myself more than, yeah. as much as yeah. I preach it. But, that yeah. self-talk we have where, oh, I did that. That was so dumb. Oh, I'm so dumb. Mm-hmm. That was how many times have you heard a kid say that? Mm-hmm. And that self-talk yep. sticks. It does, it is, and it creates. Yep. It we, creates I think we need to normalize cheering for ourselves. Yeah. I've been reading Mel Robbins' book, The High Five. Mm-hmm. But it's got to do with high-fiving yourself. I love it. Yeah. I just loved meeting Jackie. She's such a beautiful person inside and out. Yeah, she really is. Just a, a very calm presence, but you know that there is some heavy-duty thinking going on. Yeah, golly, she's brilliant. You know, she talked about learning to do things that are hard, you know, and learning to do the tree pose with her eyes closed. I think I texted you a couple of nights. I was trying to do that, and I think I got up (laughs) to like five seconds before falling. So it's definitely a hard skill. And then she talked a little bit at the end about, you know, giving yourself a pat on the back, giving yourself a high five. And we'll pick back up part two where she talks more about giving yourself a high five. But 
I was thinking about that, you know, self-monitoring like the tree pose and self-reinforcement are such important skills to be, you know, more independent in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're constantly relying on someone else to provide your reinforcement, then, you know, that's going to make it harder for skills to develop. But if you begin to go, wow, look, I did that. You're going to try it again and be able to say, wow, look, I did that too. (laughs) Remember that student that Patricia worked with? um, She was a young lady. We all had her on a DRL for self skin picking. Remember? And she would, she she would set her own. This was a girl who was non-speaking. She didn't have vocal skills and she would set her own limits and lower yeah. her limits each yeah, day. Yeah, she was, she was lowering her limits herself. Like she knew, even without being able to tell us that, she knew that fewer and fewer was the goal. <laughs> and then remember her reward. And this is a young lady who was, you know, 18, 19 years old and not thin, you know, not, not, a, not a super thin, um, healthy build. But her reinforcement for adhering to those was a little condiment cup full of Coke, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Tiny little bit of it. <laughs> it <was laughs> I love great. that girl. Thank goodness. Yeah. Trisha works with her as an adult now. But anyway, so I was thinking about test question. Um, would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. So in my opinion, and probably yours, there are some criterion for ultimate functioning, for being as independent as possible. We talked about self-monitoring as one, probably. B, self-reinforcement. C, generalization. D, all of the above. E, A and B. F, A and C. I love those kind of questions where you have to go back and consider all those things. Well, I, I would say all of the above. I do know that there are some people who say you can't reinforce yourself you know, that it's, it's not the environment reinforcing you if you reinforce yourself. But I do think we set goals for ourselves, you know, and I do think we hold ourselves accountable. So I would say all of the above. Yeah. Monitoring, rewarding yourself and generalizing skill. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. (laughs) Great. This is definitely not an ABA concept, but it's something that I've always thought about in some book that I was reading. And I'd love to be able to remember where it was, um, was the idea that beyond cookies and candy and, you know, those kinds of rewards that when we get past those things, for most of us, what we find rewarding are things like mastery of skill, mm-hmm. autonomy, and making a contribution. So um, those are really self-monitored. I mean, those are things mm-hmm. that you reward yourself for. Mastery of skill is a reward in itself, right? Because it is a gateway probably to other things you want to do. So yeah, like I think that. about that frequently, mastery of skill, autonomy, and making a contribution, even with kids in special education setting and thinking about how can I help them have some autonomy? How can I help them see they're making a contribution? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah. Well, as always, everybody, we hope you like part one of Jackie Rushka's conversation with us. It's not really about autism, but it definitely is about behavior, human behavior. So we hope you have a great weekend. And as always, please like, review, or share on social media. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye. Bye.